Welcome to another episode of the Coffee Roasters Warm Up Sessions. We're on episode 32. Um, just going at it, man. It's crazy. I feel like sometimes you like, when you're starting something new, it's like, oh, we'll never get there. It feels mm. like forever, like the road along, but it's like one episode a week, almost. And then yeah. approaching our 50th episode, which is... I don't know what we're going to do for that, but uh, is that a milestone? It's exciting. 50? I think so. I don't know. Sounds like a milestone. 50 podcast episodes. I feel like that's, that's a pretty rich, rich, uh, rich lineup. Got a little liquid there. Dude, toss it in. <laughs> <Toss> it. <laughs> That'll go well with the podcast topic. <laughs> Just leave it, let it ferment, a little yeast. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> uh, a little bacteria. For those of you are listening on to this podcast who don't ever watch the podcast, I just realized that you're probably like, okay, for two, three minutes, there's just silence and sipping. Well, we're actually trying. We try, we taste coffees that we made on the batch brewer. Um, and we, Give our thoughts on it. So, well, it's cooled down actually a lot. It's cooled down a lot, yeah. Ridiculously a lot. I didn't realize how long we've been chilling here. Yeah. I don't know. Just silence. That's how I feel about yeah. the cup. It's quiet. It's, I don't think it's, it doesn't taste like horribly over extracted or under extracted. Mm-hmm. It's like in the right ballpark, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, what I'm getting is like a lot of florals. And <clears throat> florals kind of combined with either it's like that candy ginger or it's like that blackberry kind of. Um, that's what I'm getting. Uh, it's it's borderline like there's not much going on. I don't know why. Maybe the coffee is just old. Been chilling in the office for a while. It's true. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a. That was actually the, like a bag I just packed for, um, for photos to take photos of. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not great. I'm not like super jazzed on it. Mm. But I, I wouldn't say this is horribly bad. No. Like, I think, I feel like after, and this might be the problem that I've been experiencing, after you've just tried so many good coffees, that it just becomes so normal to you. Yeah. And it just becomes, everything just begin, begins to taste lackluster. Yeah. Like, or the same. Yeah. Like, I've been like, I just, I'm... I just want like the wildest, most bonkers, like anaerobic, natural geisha. Uh, I don't know what I'm just, I just want something that's going to like shock you. Sh- just, yeah. Like that. Remember <clears throat> that uh, from Manhattan, that oh, geisha. Yeah. Inter- coffee was so good. That was just like, you're so like, good. what in the world? Yeah. I I want that because I feel like either every brew that I've been making recently, either just doesn't taste great 
or it's like I'm like okay yeah that coffee that I bought the super expensive one like yeah. 50 bucks for 150 grams <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't oh, get man. a super satisfying brew with it the whole time yeah I think I might have like 15 grams <laughs> left for a small yeah. dose Unfortunately, yeah. that just reminds me of my Proud Mary coffee that I bought. Oh, yeah. Which the coffee at the cafe was just bonkers. Yeah. It was f- so tasty. And then I'm like, I just drank through that 100 grams and I couldn't get a decent brew out of it. It's yeah. probably my fault. Like, I'm probably doing something wrong. But, I mean, that <sighs> raises just a ton of questions and you have to think, like, man, who's drinking the coffee? Imagine, like... If you're just a home barista, maybe don't have all the tools, maybe don't have like all yeah. the education and you're just trying to buy pour over and you bought this because someone recommended it or something like that. Maybe that's such a very niche, niche, like, yeah, you know, person, but I'm still thinking that way because like, what would their experience be with this coffee? Or Maybe they would, would never buy it. I don't know. I don't know. It just makes me think about. Who's drinking the coffee and of what course. the demographic is. Cause of course. If we can't brew a good cup and we've been in the industry for a while, like what does that mean for someone who's never professionally worked in coffee and who just has a minor knowledge of brewing? Would they just not buy it or yeah. would they buy it and be even more disappointed? Yeah. I don't know. I it's don't also know. like a lot of, sub- it's very subjective as well. Right. I mean, if you've always been brewing coffee the same way, I feel like your palate would adjust to how you're brewing. A similar to water. Yeah. Where it might not be the best way to brew it, but according to what they've been brewing, yeah, it'll be like, oh, this is way different. Yeah, that's true. Because you know, the coffee is still different no matter what. Yeah, it's different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which that, that honestly opens up a freaking can of worms yeah because if that's the case like i mean something we've noticed is like um it's honestly my biggest fear that's always lingering at the back of my mind is realizing the fact that nobody is cupping our coffees with our water yeah and that is just so scary like and as a roaster i've heard like for example like rob who's who's just said like you just give up control like you mm-hmm. can you can roast for specific cities and waters and whatever, but at the end of the day, you won't get it all, mm-hmm. and you just roast to whatever you can roast, you know. Right. Like, but that's scary. Like, literally nobody might be experiencing our coffees the way we do with our water. Right. Yeah. And re- regardless, <laughs> like, it's pretty crazy. Not a lot of people are cupping coffees they buy. Yeah. So brewing is always going to be an element of surprise or a there's a margin of error there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which actually, I think like for everybody listening, I would actually recommend you to pick up like if you just like have all your coffee gear and you're pretty satisfied with it, I would honestly say pay a little more and go pick up yourself like one or two cupping bowls. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You don't even need a spoon. You don't need anything. And just kind of delve into a little bit of cupping and cup all the coffees that you're buying. Yeah, for sure. I think that would be like a really great experience, like yeah. a learning experience purely because that just gives you such a nice unbiased 
foundational framework that you can then say, oh man, my pour over or my brews are either better or right. worse. Or worse. Then, and both yeah. both ways will give you extru- an extreme amount of uh, great information and data mm-hmm. to work with. Yeah, that's a fun little tidbit right there. Yeah. If you guys want to buy some some mirror branded cupping bowls, you can slide into our DMs. <laughs> we have a couple extra ones. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we had we had somebody on the YouTube channel comment and ask what your favorite Chance mm. the Rapper album is. Gosh, album. I mean, I'll be honest. The one I've listened to the most is Coloring Book, hands down. That's a kind of a recent one. Yeah. The one right before the big day. The one that the made one him go viral. The, yeah, the one that made him okay. go big. Gotcha. But as I dove into Coloring Book, I started listening to Acid Rap and realized like how good it was and how different it is in Coloring Book. But I think I would say Coloring Book is the most memorable album in general. Like favorite songs, it would probably be even outside of those two albums. It would be um, 65th and Ingleside and maybe Wallacam and those little uh, singles that he released. Yeah. And then um, you definitely um, uh, favorite jam on Acid Rap. That's a good one. Um, I don't know. And then uh, the Kanye one on Kanye Coloring one. Book. He does a song with Kanye. It's his most... On the Coloring up. Book? Oh, yeah. It's his most played song. Uh, what am I missing? Oh no, you've listened to that. We've listened to that song a lot. Uh, hold up. Maybe I'm wrong. Hold up. I'll look this up. Just oh yeah, Spotify. all we got. All we got. Oh, Kanye West. Damn. Yep. I don't remember Kanye in that song. That's strange. I need to go back and re-listen to That's that. a great album. I mean, all even like I remember like All Night with Knox Fortune, Smoke Break. Like it's a good album in general. Just the whole album flows really, really well. I love coloring books. That's what got me into chance. Um but yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think the coloring book what got me into chance as well. Um honestly. This is unpopular opinion, and that's fine. Uh, but honestly, I I like the big day, honestly. And the the reason why I like it is for two reasons. Number one, in no particular order. Number one would be, I'm kind of into the skits. Oh yeah, the skits I kind are of fun. think they're fun. Like I I think they're a little more creative. Yeah. I like something that's kind of a little out of the norm. Yeah. Um. And number two, I think the sound of the album was like a, such a big throwback to like early 2000s hip hop. Hip hop, like yeah. the R&B, that, that kind of that, that, that era of music where they had like, they had like deep, rich, like uh, choirs, background vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for sure. I don't know that sound, like. Every time I listen to that, I'm just like instantly thrown back to those day, to those years, and I'm I did. I, I, what what I liked about that album was simply because that. it felt like a big party, which that was the whole point of the album. Yeah, it right? did. Um, it, it, because of all the features, all the skits. Yeah. I think almost every song is featured with someone. 
Yeah. I mean, including I always forget that that's the song with um, Death Cab for Cutie. That like, was random. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. What that's heck? what made. Yeah. I feel like that was one of the songs that made that album big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I enjoy that. I enjoy. I think majority of Chance's music, regardless. So, yeah. Even even his little feature things like there's uh oh man he just got song. he just got he he just uh was featured on the, on the song right now yep and I've been bumping oh that there that was one, there, there was, was yeah, yeah. yeah um I've been actually yeah. playing that like a lot recently it's a, it's a great tune really yeah I, I think I've only listened to like half of it I'm I'm jiving with there it is right there winners yeah. oh yeah yeah I mean even cross me I forgot that's Ed Sheeran's song. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah. He's just on a lot of tracks. Yeah. That's dandy. Fun Man. stuff. Yeah. Um, that being said, I also wanted to touch up on the small little poll that we had today on Instagram, um, which was fun. Uh, we did a little bit of like a like a, a little batch boo feature today mm-hmm. on our Instagram. And I asked, do you even batchy? Steven Batchy, a little annotation at the bottom just in case you don't know what Batchy is. <laughs> batchy is Batch Brew, a.k.a. Drip Coffee. <laughs> um, and I love that. There was like so many people that went along with this poll. It was great. I wasn't That's even awesome. expecting Good that. Um, so we had, so the two options were Steven Batchy. Number, option number one was all day or number two, not really. And so we had 31 votes for all day and then 25 votes for not really mm. geez that's pretty close that's really 60, close. 40 what was that what's the percentage did it say oh i don't know click share results really quick oh will they do that oh oh yeah. whoa i didn't even know okay yeah. um 55 percent said 55. all day and 45 yeah. percent it's even closer not really yeah man you either love it or you hate it right yeah, you, yeah, exactly. I also think like I'm kind of shocked that it's so it's so split down the middle. Yeah, because as I've mentioned a little bit in the post, like I don't think that would have been the case like five six years ago. Ah, maybe it depends on who you talk to. Well, specifically this crowd of people. Right, right. I feel like I feel like Batch Brew just had like a bad rep i remember sure at least mr at least, coffee kind of bad rep. at least yeah for me or even just like i mean i still feel like batch brews kind of get like the last hand in cafes where it's usually like they'll throw like a blend on there mm-hmm. or they'll throw something like traditional or something, yeah. co- you like know, second to cold. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and it's like, oh, if you want black coffee, you'll go and order a pour over. Yeah. You know, yeah. which there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from, where it's like, it's kind of like second class. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's also like so much change in technology. Like, I don't know. Have you had any coffee brewed with ground control? No, I haven't either. I've yet. But every look, that's what yeah, I, I hear people rave on. I remember when yeah. Scott Rayo was at their booth over in SCA when they won like best uh, best piece of equipment of the year in 2018. Interesting. I don't even know who has that. 
even on here in the West Coast. I don't. In the Pacific Northwest. Oh. I don't know if anybody has them. Uh, I've only seen one in public, but I didn't have any coffee. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, what's called technology is like such a major factor yeah. of that because um, it's only getting better. And not only that, but coffee grinders are also getting... So, I mean, it depends on who you ask. Like mm-hmm. the EK is like an old legend that's been around for a long time. But um, but yeah, like these coffee, this co- like coffee equipment, especially for home use, are just getting so good nowadays that you don't actually have to settle for for like just basic batch brew, just yeah. batch brew that's just good enough, or right. you yeah. know, like s- caffeine. Sort of, yeah. yeah, so it's a secondary where yeah. I think. I think actually like when you started dialing in batch brew at Makeworth, I liked it back when I was working for Primer, mm-hmm. but when you started dialing in for batch brew at Makeworth, I was like, oh, like I actually don't mind drinking ba- like batch brew over pour overs right. because yeah. it can be that great. Yeah. Especially if you throw like a single origin, like something really tasty on there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... T- for for me, once again, like dialing in, just I remember first time um, having that experience where you get to access the recipe on yeah. the Curtis Brewers, yeah. being blown away. You're literally controlling the amount of pulses you do, like you would in a pour over, um, and then you literally can control how how high your water level goes by the amount of breaks you do in between each pulse. Um, I mean, you have so much control in designing a recipe. Basically you are controlling the amount of agitation you're doing because if you know, you do nine pulses versus seven pulses, there's less agitation. You know what I mean? There's so much control over that. And then on top of that, throw in buying, um, Rayo's UFO spray head. Oh yeah. Now you're controlling how the water is being dispersed way too much control in the sense. Like, I mean, not necessarily, but almost more controlled than you would have over like a pour over because yeah. of all the automation. So yeah, I think there's a lot of great stuff in that. It's yeah. just a lot of people just kind of forget about batch brew. Unfortunately. Right. I think it can slap. Yeah. I think it's about time that. Yeah. Especially for cafe owners. I think cafe owners need to pay more attention to batch brew. Oh, for sure. That I mean, for me, just witnessing sure. that results in bag sales because it's less intimidating for someone to try a very, very good coffee yeah. on a drip coffee maker or a batch brewer and enjoy that and feel more empowered and equipped to do that at home oh, rather sure. than when you pull yes. a tasty shot. You don't really think of like, oh, I'm going to reproduce that shot because you look at this machine and you know it's like 20 grand. Yeah. Well, I probably can't come in, in it even yeah. close. But a batch brewer, yes. no one really sees the batch brewer. They're just seeing it being dispensed out of yeah. the Cambro. And you yeah. don't think that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so true. But putting and a super expensive, tasty coffee on batch, I, I feel like it results in more bag sales. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that should be considered. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that, that makes 100% sense. Um, that is just like so much more relatable. And for yeah. people, it's like, Oh yeah, I can make a drip coffee at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not quite the same, but right. but just knowing that that's like an approachable experience for somebody, which kind of ties back to our last episode where it's like brewing at home is like a secondary experience where right. 
you know, everybody's so acquainted with the batch brew, right? The drip yeah. coffee, mm-hmm. um, but it can actually taste. It can actually yeah. slap. Like, um, and that was actually the main point of the post today that I wanted to make was like, honestly, if you just want good black coffee at home, it might actually be better for you to buy a batch brewer. Like the Breville, like the Ratio, like the, even the Bonavita that's extremely affordable, then try to make a pour over. Yeah. I mean, you like, we always swirl. That's it. You can do that even in a batch pour if you wanted to. Like, you don't have to have it fully automated. You can add a few manual steps to make your cup tastier. Oh, for sure. Kind of, kind of to a degree defeats the purpose of a batch pour if you have to stand by it and like wait that two minutes and give it yeah. a swirl. But if you want like almost like pour over style of coffee and you're willing to put in the extra work, you can do that on a batch brewer. Yeah. With eliminating all those other elements like flow rate, like heating up the water in a kettle, like steady pouring, you can eliminate some elements and still add more manual elements yeah. to the brew. Yeah, if you want. If you want. But, but you really, don't have to. Yeah, but really it's like also like the margin of error on a pour over. The the things that could go wrong potentially too. Yeah. is it's just hard to be consistent where for example like the Bonavita, you know, at home, it's like it it's going to do the same thing every single time. The only thing that you have to change is grind size. That's yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just so solid. You mentioned the Rayo spray head. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's excellent. Yeah. Give us a little 100%. rundown. What is it? Um, well, it's the Curtis spray head is a little bigger. It looks like a uh, mellow drip kind of, but it's like a rain head. Um, so it sprays water more of a, in the, like a downward shape. Mm-hmm. So the water is just sprinkling like, you know, like a shower head, basic yeah. shower head. Um, it doesn't produce enough agitation. Mm-hmm. So it basically you're missing out on some partial extraction there. Mm-hmm. With Rayo spray head, it's smaller and it's shaped like a UFO. It's like uh, like a triangle kind of, I don't know, round thing, like in triangular shape. I can't yeah. describe it. It's like for those of you listening, but you can probably look it up. Um, so it's shaped like a, a flying saucer. But what it does when the <laughs> flying saucer. <laughs> I mean, maybe all of them. Now I'm confusing everybody. Oh, Sorry. Um, it's called a UFO. So it must resemble something of the UFO. Right, right. <laughs> okay. But what it does is it actually sprays water out wider at an angle. So you're actually, the whole bed is actually getting... Um, agitation and it's the water is hitting it much more evenly rather than some dry spots i think a lot of the times you even on my um ratio at home like other uh brewers you'll pull out the basket and look at the bed and you'll see the holes uh and that's because of Mm -hmm. where majority of the water is hitting um the rayo spray head covers majority of the basket more of the basket. Oh, okay, I see. Um, and then at the way it pours, it's a little harder of a spray. Gotcha. Yeah, so there's more agitation. A little bit more pressure. In yeah, there. more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it does does amazing. Like, and with that, um, when you buy it, you also get a recommended um, recipe and where to start. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a starting ground, and then you kind of adjust depending on your coffee, depending on your water, um, all of the good stuff. So. Yeah. Highly recommend it. It was a good investment. Don't remember how much it was. It was like 60 bucks. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. What was like the biggest difference that you noticed? Because you got you guys got it like mm-hmm. seven months into into yeah the start of Makeworth. Yeah. Um, flavor wise, definitely like coffees became way brighter. Like sometimes I think on the other um, spray head coffees still had the flavors, but they were either dull or um, lack of, had like lack of clarity. They were kind of more mm-hmm. dull and more um, had not a very clean aftertaste, especially in the aftertaste. Um, these coffees are much more defined, um, brighter. That would be the big thing. Like acidity shines much mm-hmm. more. Um, sweetness is like just the definition of everything changed. So your sweetness tastes like it's magnified. You know what I mean? Yeah. So way more definition in the book yeah. for sure. Right on. Yeah. That's pretty excellent. I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. I guess. So might as well. Yeah. As well it also allows you to, uh, basically grind coarser and the basics like in percolation is that if you grind coarser, the flow rate is quicker. So water mm-hmm. moves through your bed a little quicker, um, but it also allows you to reduce the amount of channels you have. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because fine grind size, yeah, you um, are basically creating more surface area, which in a sense mm-hmm. you're gonna extract more because the pieces are smaller. Um, but the risk is channeling because if water is sitting, it's always looking for the path of least yeah. resistance. And in a batch route, especially when the bed is so thick. Um, yeah. yeah, water has to keep moving so it doesn't, you know, wiggle in and find that path. Yeah. And that's challenging, so, I think, with batch brews. Yeah. Where it's like most of the time you do get those major dibits where the water just like runs straight yeah. through. Yeah. So that's cool. So, and uh, every single batch brew, I assess the bed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and make changes. Uh, majority of the time, I make grind changes based on what the bed looks like. You want the most mountainous bed, uh, huh? Dude, totally. I want high and dry spots. <laughs> you want a good little half pipe in there? Yeah, just dude. like a little. If it's not surfable, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's on a 10 footer, yeah. I'll no, pass, no, dude. I'll pass. Overhead. Go, going back to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, geez. Yeah. Sweet. Well, that's going to be a wrap for the episode. We just want to talk and uh kind of chat about whatever came to mind we actually had other things that we wanted to talk about but i know i didn't realize yeah time flew by so uh thank you so much for listening um and hopefully oh little little if you made it this far we have a new coffee dropping oh yeah check it out probably should have said that like 20 minutes ago (laughs) but uh yeah cool uh we'll see you guys in the next one cheers